Welcome to yet another of the 10 Minutes with Cood Street podcasts, and this is Gary Wolf. I'm talking today with an old friend of a podcast, used to be one of our most regular uh, uh, guests, uh, the uh, Hugo and Nebula and World Fantasy Kids Johnson. How are you, Kids? Hi, I'm doing really, really well. How are you doing? I'm doing as well, and you've uh, uh, been surviving uh, out in Kansas, out uh, in, in, in let's see, Cyclone territory. Uh, yeah, this, we've been, had comparatively few cyclones, um, which is good. We did have a massive thunderstorm and deluge two days ago, so that was quite exciting. Well, the thing that uh, somebody was pointing out is this year everything is going to go wrong that can go wrong because <laughs> because it's 2020. I mean, it's so so we've, obviously we have the COVID, and obviously we're going to get hurricanes, and we're going to get the wildfires back in California and Australia. Krakatoa erupted again. I mean, so you guys are going to get a big one, I'm sure. Yeah, and Iceland has had like all kinds of crazy, like uh, all of these tremors that, that are indicating they're going to have a huge explosion, which they have every so often, and it's overdue. Mm-hmm. But I think you're right. I mean, it's like, um, it's supposed to be a big cicada year. And I'm like, once the cicadas come out, I expect to be ankle deep in them. Um, because this is the year that we will be ankle deep in them. Um, but yeah, it is a strange, strange season. <laughs> There's an odd thing that happened in Illinois, out in the suburbs, not here where I live, is that the 14, is it 14 year cicadas or 17, whatever it is. 14. Uh, 14 year ones were supposed to be out in, in five years, but a bunch of them decided to come out early. You know, it does feel like they're all just saying, um, "Okay, we got to get it in now," because we honestly we're not sure what five years looks like. Exactly, they're, you know, they're, they're like, worried what? about the future. So. It's the latter days, people say the cicadas. So, yeah, we've had a lot of, um, of just everything is like everybody's gardens here are stunningly beautiful and more mm-hmm. lush than they've ever been, and it looks exactly like a paragraph in a Victorian novel, where they say, you know. That that year was the most beautiful of years, and then they immediately go on to tell you why everything went to hell right exactly after. Right. <laughs> well, speaking of dealing with bad years, one of the questions that we have is, uh, can you concentrate? Can you get reading done? I've been talking to people, some of whom just find they can't concentrate on anything substantive at all, and other people who say, okay, it's time for Proust or Gravity's Rainbow. Yeah, yeah, I'm totally drilling in. I'm taking the entire yeah. great lectures on Greek philosophy or something right. like that. Um, I feel um, I feel really lucky and, um, and privileged, too, in that I've had a lot of years of therapy behind me, mm. um, so that coming into this... Um, I was actually able to stay quite focused. Um, I live alone already anyway, so uh, and I spend most of my time alone, so it didn't right. really change my day-to-day life that much. Um, I was uh, all of a sudden I got I did more, a lot more Skype cocktails than I used to, but um, <laughs> I was I've been able to write. I'm writing right now, not this right. instant, but um, and I've been um, able to do some reading. I find some days are really not good. Um, some days I just can't focus and I'm okay with that. I just, I just mark that off as a day where I'm going to read comfort books, take a nap, go for a walk, yeah, watch squirrels. Um, other days I'm capable of doing like really rigorous thinking and I really, those days I just really drill in. Um, so it's been, 
it comes and goes. And I think every day when I wake up, I say, so what's this one going to be? Well, I wonder what a comfort book is, because when I think of when I think of you reading, for example, Kenneth <laughs> Graham, which every, we all thought it was a comfort book, and then you found things wrong with it. I'm, so, uh, I will tell you that the, we, maybe the oddest comfort book that I read was mm-hmm. back in right after we went into sort of shutdown. Um, I read Journal of the Plague Year. Really? Um, yeah. And I wasn't sure why I actually had to go to my office to pick up a copy of it because I didn't have one at home. And as I was reading it, I was thinking, why are you reading this exactly? Yeah. And I realized what was comforting about it is that it reminded me that we've been here before. Mm-hmm. And we survived as a species, um, and we will again. And not everybody will live, which is horrible, but w- humans have been through rough times, and, um, you know, and they survived. And, of course, the Journal of the Plague year, the London Fire was the year after that is right. set. So they had a year where they're like, oh, it's, you know, Life is going to hell in a handbasket. How are we even going to survive? And then the next year, their city Uh burned down. Um, And yet London stands, and yet people live there, and people laugh. And novels were written three years later, and, you know, Samuel Pepys is talking about it. So, I mean, it was comforting because it reminded me we, you know, the, the continuity of human experience is a real thing. And Yeah, and then the people in the 17th century... They had virtually nothing uh, like modern medicine. So the fact they got through with far fewer resources than we have. Um, and the same thing's true with the fire, I'm, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And it's, so it was it was dark reading, um, but I actually felt better at the end than I had at the beginning. Um, that said, I immediately went and read, you know, Clark Ashton Smith stories. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure none of those things are going to happen. Although, honestly, sort of tentacular aliens taking over ships, that could happen. I'm willing to believe that. Well, yeah. And uh, you mentioned Clark Ashton Smith and the aliens. And that, that makes me think of uh, William Hope Hodgson. Mm, yeah. Really scary nautical adventures. I, I just ate them all up because I thought, uh, first of all, I'm never going to be in a boat in 1911 in the South Pacific drenched in fog so i'm safe from all those things it is true i mean because uh, yeah and actually i was talking about Hodge, uh, hope hodgson because i've been reading both of them but mm-hmm. i'd never read hope hodgson before and they really? were delightful um i started with the boats of the glen Carrig, um yes. which is paced fantastically in a very interesting way and it starts out being one kind of story and then it ends up being something completely different um but it's also i mean it's so interesting to read it and i'm also pretty sure my life will not end that way so that's good too you know i'm pretty sure i will never be shipwrecked mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean hypothetically but so yeah sometimes maybe reading disasters that are impossible for me um maybe that's that's a comfort too um maybe it's just the craftsmanship these are you know in some cases people writing um you know during times of great trial right and and yet they are writing fantastically lighthearted books or they're writing books that that give us a sense that, you know, there's a world that is not just the Spanish influenza or, you know, the uh, World War One or, or mm-hmm. whatever. So so it's actually been pretty interesting reading that stuff, too. What do you go back to that uh, you is there something you go back to 
always when there's stressful times? A different, there have been in the past books that I just reliably picked up again and again. Mm-hmm. Um, they, uh, uh, I reliably go to Tristram Shandy. Um, just it, it's so soothing. The language uh-huh. requires an intellectual engagement just to even know what the heck is happening in any given sentence. Um, so it requires that I, but if you miss a sentence because you forgot where the verb was, it doesn't matter because nothing <laughs> right. happened. So, so it really is just like word salad that every so often you realize has a meaning and then it goes back to being word salad. And I love that. I um, understand that. Yeah, I understand that. I, I, I read it through, I think I only read it through once, but I found myself for years going back and just dipping into parts of it, looking at the odd pages here and there. Um, yes, it's the, right. It's the one book I kept in my um, in my phone for emergencies. So if I got stuck 24 hours extra somewhere in some airport mm-hmm. because it was going to last forever, it's always interesting. Um, even if it doesn't make any sense, you know, you can dip in anywhere and you'll be sort of caught up in its sort of rambly charm. If you mm-hmm. like that kind of thing, almost immediately. So it doesn't require any engagement with plot because I'm sorry to spoil it, but it doesn't really have <laughs> one. Um, and it doesn't require it doesn't challenge you with like uh, uh, nuanced characterizations because the characterizations are vivid, but they're not nuanced. So it's a great book for just sort of um, it's the equivalent of eating, you know, like uh, organic popcorn. That feels yeah. and you know, it's well salted, so it's not exactly, you know, it's not you're not getting nutrients out of it. But on the other hand, it's it's not boring and it's perfectly enjoyable. And at the end of it, you haven't really done much harm to yourself. So. Right, exactly. And, and and the thing is, you're never done with it. I mean, and you're never okay. done. <laughs> because there's, uh, well, the other thing is, what uh, what about your own writing? Uh, you've uh, got something. Uh, you've got some things out recently, I know. Mm-hmm. Well, one of your questions was, you know, what what are you reading? And a lot yeah. of what I'm reading is research oh. right now because I'm working on a book set in a sort of uh, parallel 1913, so the eve of World War One, and that time I'm filling with. So I'm reading the 1913 Farmer's Almanac. I'm reading about Kansas City or uh, State of Kansas opera houses. I'm reading travel logs from the period. Lots of people drove across country. So, so my reading is all, it's both huh. entert- and a lot of novels from the period too, just because it's nice to have the flavor of the time. Mm-hmm. So I'm reading a lot of books that are not very profound and a lot of books that are interesting and fiddly. Um, and working on this book, which someday will be done, but I did have a ton of stuff just come out recently. Um, there was, uh, um, uh, I did, I was on an experimental jag, so I was doing a lot of books that, or stories that weren't um, really genre or were only genre adjacent. Right. So I had something in conjunctions online, um, which was called the Apartment Dwellers Alphabetical Dream Book, um, which is part of a series of stories that are uh, because there's one from Diagram earlier this year called the Apartment Dwellers Stave Book, uh-huh. and 
those are stories that are taking medieval forms and then just sort of playing around with modern concepts inside of them. There was a story called uh, Roll the Dice, which was an, uh, like an exquisite corpse style thing where Holly Elander and I, she would do a drawing and I would riff on it for 250 words. And then she would do a drawing riffing on my words. And we did this back and forth. Um, so Roll the Dice is one where, of them. Where did that appear? That was in uh, a magazine called 7 by 7. So it was seven 24-hour periods. We each had 24 hours to do ours, and huh. we each had seven entries into our story. Um, and then I just recently had um, an attempt at exhausting my deck um, come out, which was from Us in Flux, which is the Center for Science and the Imagination at ASU. It's, it's like their latest project. Right. And I had something called um, Noah's Raven come out from Lightspeed earlier this year. Um, and now for a little while, I'm not going to have any stories out because I'm busy working on a book. Well, so um, I heard you read from uh, The Apartment Dwellers Guide. Didn't you read from that at ICFA a couple of years well, ago? That was the third of The Apartment Dwellers Oh, that stories. was another one. Okay. So there are three Apartment Dwellers stories. The Apartment Dwellers Bestiary was the one that you heard me That's read from. Right. And then the dream book is uh, literally a collection of, of the kinds of dreams we have. So if you have a dream of... Uh, an email that you haven't opened, it means this. So it's taking the medieval lunarium, right, or the medieval yeah. dream book. Um, and then the apartment dwellers uh, um, stave book is uh, spells, spells for our lives. So there's a spell against wet floors and a spell against, <laughs> uh, I think it's called cockroaches and your mother's hostility. Um, so the spells are um, weird little incantations that you might use to counter real life problems seems to me that the three things ought to be a book with illustrations and fancy design in it or something i totally agree i think they would suit very well it would be a great gift book i mean people would be it would be a great housewarming gift yeah first person who wants to do this work for me i'd be all (laughs) over it it would definitely be a fantastic little not even a chapbook but just like a, a slim volume of these three short stories with like lavish illustrations would be really fun um, there's, and I think I'm done. I had thought there might be a fourth apartment dweller story, but I don't think there is. I think it's just those three. Oh, well, that's, that's enough to go with the, if, if it's, if it's well-designed and put together, it'll be, it'll be fun. I'm looking forward to it. It'll be a gift book. Right, right. Um, well, so, yeah, I, cool. The, and the novel doesn't have a title yet, or it doesn't have a title it you want to does. share? It does. It does? Okay. Yes. The title is The American Tour. Um, It's a sequel to The Riverbank, which was my story about, uh, which was a sequel to Wind in the Willows. Um, My novelist mole named Beryl um, breaks into the American market and is sent on a tour by her American publisher in the manner of Oscar Wilde and Charles Dickens and all of the British writers who were sent over here and had to confront the frontier or the prairie. Um, with their own inimitable skills or lack I there. I could imagine. So that's her side, but then Toad buys a silver mine by accident. Great. That sounds like something to watch out for. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there was a, okay, uh, well, we're, we're past our 10-minute mark, and we probably okay. ought to let you get back. So uh, once again, uh, this has been 10 Minutes with Kids Johnson, and thank you so much for joining us. And thank you for inviting me. It's just fun to see you and or to hear you and fun yeah. to say hello to everybody. So hello, everybody. Okay, and welcome back to the Good Street Podcast. <laughs>